Welcome to the Sipeshinary. Hey, we are, are, we are, (laughs) what is going Uh, on? You're right. I just, we were all sick for the last several weeks. Who's we all? Who's we all? Uh, Just my family. I wasn't sick. You weren't sick? No. No. mm, No. I think there was. Shake your head no. No, I think you tested. Had you were exposed, we were exposed. Yeah, that's, that's right. what you it were was. Exposed. We were exposed, but we weren't. You were exposing okay. yourself. We weren't. We were not <laughs> indecent exposure. <laughs> no, it was decent exposure. It was, it was very. It was decent. a very sweet it was a, exposure. It was a very sweet exposure. Like <laughs> we had a good time with, with that little that little kid. Don't call them out. Yeah, you seriously. No one needs to know. No, that no it's one's like a walk know. of shame. My kids had had Rona. They tested positive. Yeah, yours did. How dare they? So. Microrona. Did We've you see that the CDC lifted like basically all of their protocols? Yeah, did well. Okay, so like, is that is that an article that you saw on NPR? Because NPR actually said things like, "We're no longer we're leaving it up to the individual." Secondly, um, we're no longer if 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 you if if you feel bad, you just deal with your own self. So like this was NPR's version. Of what the CDC said, I was going to say. I think the NPR was just basically quoting high, like high, le- high level. It was. It, oh, it was. Okay, and, well, that's and, what I saw, and it was. That's must must be what I saw too, because I was like, so I read it to mom, like, because you were like, wait, is this a joke? It's just a joke, because like everything that we've done for the past, for the past two, two years, years, they're like, we're nah. just going like, nah, it's not a big deal now. Well, okay, to, but but in all honesty. I hate to say I told you so. No, 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 no. Because we know a whole lot more now than we did, first of all. Secondly, it's not as bad as okay, it was. No, no, no. We knew a lot very quickly into the whole thing. It did not need to last. I'll give you that for like the first six to nine months. I'll give it to you. But for two years, two years. Well, just look what they're doing to monkeypox. Okay, that's a totally different thing because it's not. I mean, it's on the same level. Like six thousand people, something like that, in the United States have it. Six thousand people. What is the percentage of that? Right. Is is like squat. It's zero. I mean, but I, that spreads differently than. No, I know that. Okay, so it's not the same thing. It is in the way that they're panicking about it. Oh, I saying. wouldn't know because I really tried not to watch the news. Well, well so yeah, yeah, I'm it's just not saying that it's big of a deal. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so so the but we, the we drove an hour yesterday to Cedarville with somebody who literally watches Fox News all the time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and dude, I was no. about to die. No, <laughs> I was about to die. You can't do that. Man. No, it was not good. <laughs> Seriously, not good for my soul. Seriously, and my anxiety both ways. That's good. It was not good. They, yeah, There's and no it's point it's, it's it's you either either of the news agencies are just one rail. It's 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 awful. just one rail. It's awful. Well, so, um, here I'm glad uh, glad everyone's healthy. Yeah, glad so we're good. Back. Everyone's back to the land of the living. We were no one. We got it, and we were like, "What do we do?" I guess we just quarantine. So, actually, Brittany got it first, and then Arlo got it. No, no, yeah, yeah. And then Augie got it, and then Ivy. We think we got it. Uh, we just got like I don't know. We got sniffles, so we're staying home. So that's what most of them did. I never got it, <coughs> thankfully. I never had any. Yeah, I mean, but that's one of the things they're saying is you don't even need to quarantine anymore. Who cares? So, does, but that's brand new then. Like yesterday. as of like the last yeah. Last yeah. So that we got it last week. <laughs> <laughs> not what great. Been a not great, Bob. Ago. Not great. What went helpful a week ago? 
You know, well, you, you know, know what they have whatever. said actually really, like really does help though through this whole process. Dried grapes, and I'm I'm all about dried helping people understand grapes. the the benefits of dried grapes. Raisins. It's all about raisin awareness. Give you, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is about raisin awareness. You're right. I heard a f- I heard a funny joke the other day about this guy who um he walks into this bar with a with a newt on his shoulder and the bartender looks at him and he goes, "Hey, that's a that's a cool pet. Like, well, what's his name?" And the guy goes, "Oh, his name is Tiny." The bartender goes, "Well, I think, oh, cool. So like um like why'd you name him why'd you ti- why'd you name him Tiny? That's kind of a weird name. I mean, you got it of all the names, that's kind of a weird one." And the guy looked at the bartender and he goes, "Well, I mean, because he's my newt." <laughs> So why is it always a bar That's and a bartender? Good. I mean, what what is it with these well, things? Where like else a, is a guy with well, a newt going to walk into? And it'd be it'd be rationally and, okay. And, <laughs> well, I don't know. They go like a, a Baptist and a Presbyterian and an Anglican walk into a bar. That joke never existed. A Baptist would never walk into a bar. I don't, it's true. I don't know about that, but I'm just saying it's always that. Dad, you did hear about the corduroy pillows, though, right? The what? The corduroy pillows? No. No, they're really making headlines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're a big deal. Oh, yes. uh, it's yes. good. That, that's so good. Uh, that is really good. So well, been, uh, other other than jokes, stockpiling so, so jokes. So did you? Yeah, but did you hear about the about the guy who who bought two Doberman Pinschers? No. They're, one was named Rolex, and the other one was named Timex. They were watchdogs. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> watchdogs. <laughs> Okay, we've been we've uh, been stockpiling good. those jokes. We, I know we, we've should've had a couple sp- good weeks off. Should have spread them out more. <laughs> other than uh, other than jokes in the Rona, what other life update uh, do you have? So, oh yeah yeah yeah. So we've been um, yeah. So that's kind of the biggest issue why we haven't been posting any episodes because we haven't been able to record because we haven't been able to get together because the recording. Well, because you guys had all the, places. the other thing, but you had family coming, and so you were like, we don't want to get them sick, and they're like, because they were. From Cambodia. Well, yeah. And yeah. then so but they you probably, had, you they had got sick. in-laws. Yep. Yeah, they don't have anybody. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, I don't know. Who we cares about us, right, whether we get sick or not? No, we you don't. said we tested positive, and then we were like, okay. No, we never tested or, positive. Or you were exposed. We were exposed. You were, ex- you were exposing yourself. We actually did test. So we said don't expose us. Don't expose yourself to us. We did we, test. We, we don't want to be exposed to you, by you. Um, and oh. then... Uh, they, but we didn't. Oh. It wasn't until. Um, thank you for that. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> it wasn't until um, family actually got here that, like, the day of that, like, she was flying in. I think we found out that we, were, somebody in our house was positive. I don't remember the order, which order it was. Are you positive? No, I'm not. Okay. Nope, not positive. But so that was kind of the big. The big annoyance over the last week, we now know that if um, if we got the sniffles, then we can now leave it up to we can actually be human beings right. and make decisions ourselves, which is weird. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm going to do then because it's been two years that I've not been able to make a decision. Well, I mean, it is kind of, We're out of it is, isn't it? I don't know. I think some some have done this and go like, oh, good. I have an excuse to stay home. I don't have to go anywhere. I'm quarantined. Well, OK, so in all honesty, like <laughs> if you are sick. Like well, just stay home. Please stay home. Please stay home. Especially if you put your I, kids in nurseries. I you, hope if like we've learned anything throughout this it's quarantine, fine to stay home. Yeah. We we have learned if you are sick, stay home. Uh, it's okay to be sick. 
Just stay home. Well, you know when you're sick, you don't feel well. It's okay, and it's okay to say, "Hey, I can't come in and meet my meet what I've been my responsibility, fulfill one of my responsibilities because I am sick." Like that is okay to say. All right. Let me encourage you. Also, at the same time, the rest of us seriously. Also, at the same time, if you have a little sniffle, like if it's not, if you're not like that, thank you. If you're not like hacking, like use some like common sense. Like, but if you feel like you're you're up to enough to be able to go, yeah, I've got a little runny nose. I'll just wash my hands and, and blow my nose and cough into my elbow if I need to and still also fulfill my responsibility. I think we can draw like, a line, though, at bodily fluids. Can we? Okay, yeah. If you've like got consistent bodily fluids, can we just? Yeah, but you can still manage them, yeah, certain ones, to a point where you can go, like, hey, let's just be like, hey, listen, I've got sniffles. Like, I've got a little bit of runny nose. Don't don't shake hands with me. I've got bodily fluids. I've got bodily We've got bodily fluids. When Don't do we not have bodily fluids? What I'm saying is, if if we can, well, that's see, true because we can feel, talk and spit comes right. out of our mouth. Yeah. So like that's like, I don't know. Just use your brain. Just use your brain. Like if you're if you feel like you're you're like you don't want to go and if you feel like you're getting sick and you don't want to be around people, like that's fine. Say I'm sick. I can't come in today. Like great. But if you're also sick, you're not feeling well, and you're like, you know what? I can still fulfill this responsibility and not, ex- like like hurt other people or be in danger of other people. Then be like, okay, great. Just also. Be willing to go. Or Listen, I'm not. Uh, if, I've you got a a, if you sniffle. do have a sniffle, put a mask on. Yeah, or you can put a mask on. Like that's fine too. Whatever you want to do. We had nobody we had, cares. We had some folks who had it recently, and they tested negative. They were fine, but they came Sunday and they had masks on. I'm like, that's fine. Yep, I wore a mask too, so it's fine. So we had that happening. I, had, um, I dressed up as Zorro. <laughs> they go, "Who is that masked man? Who is that masked man?" <laughs> um, yeah. We also started. Um, Coaching soccer again. So the oh, soccer did you season, really? Yeah, started oh this goodness. week. Started this week. So Bryce and I are coaching. Oh, Bryce and you. Yep. Um, we have seven players. So this will be fun. Oh, not again. Well, they say that's the perfect number. Rumor has it, though, that we will have more coming once actually school starts. Well, that's this is how it always goes. That's how it always Poor goes. Poor Bryce was, like, freaking out because all his experiences in coaching is, like, is high school and above, and he doesn't have any. He doesn't have any idea of the middle school. Middle school stuff. And I said, Bryce, like, your expectations have to be really low, dude. Like, really, really low. Because we're starting games out really quickly. We have, like, two practices, hopefully with a full squad, before we actually have a game. Oh, I hate that. We've had practice, and we've only had seven half the team there. So it's like, he's like, what are we going to do? I'm like, well, we're just going to have so, fun. So don't you have any carryovers from last year? Two. Oh, two? That's three. It. We Oof. have three. I think. Three. Oof. Is it my favorite year? I mean, we I did it for three years. So we started with them in sixth grade. Yeah. Sixth, seventh, and eighth. And by the time they were in eighth grade, we went like 13 and one. Yeah, that was like two years ago I had that. Yeah. And then, so last then you got to start all over again. Last yeah. year was COVID, and that was weird. No, uh, no, no. Was last year COVID? No. 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 Year before that. Year before yeah. that. COVID. Yeah. That's when we won. We won the championship. That oh, year. that's right. Um, yeah, and so then we just, just started Mostly over because again. of forfeit because the rest of the team was quarantined. That's not true. But we played. No, you did We played good. 10 games. Yeah, you did good. And I think this year we're only playing 13, so it's a normal season. Yeah. Yeah, so we started that. That's fun. Super, t- super fun. Uh, yesterday, Bryce was like, oh, I got to get back into coaching shape. I'm, like, I'm tired. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. It's a lot of work, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but you, a lot of work. you should use that time to get in shape. I mean, I did. I, I, no, no, I, mean, I like ran just, with him. And it's just tired. Like, he's not, like, physically. Like, it's just, like, more energy. Uh-huh. Like, more energy to give out. Okay. And there's, like, a, there's a level of energy that you've got to match middle school kids' energy. Right. If, if you're going to. And it's a lot of energy to put out. I, I know. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a little older than him, too. But, but that's so, 
Yeah. That was good, though. That's fun. I love no it. No one can do it like you, Dad. You're this. You're That's just it. the greatest That's it. at all things. You got it. No man. matter what it is. You got it. Keep writing. Keep saying that. Keep saying <laughs> It's pretty good. Not going to lie. Not going to lie. Well, good. Glad to, glad to have an update on your life. Glad you're back in the coaching saddle. Yeah, it's good fun. Work. That's fun. You'll have a blast. Yeah, it will be a blast. Um, what's our conversation about today, Dad? What, what are we talking about? Well, I just think... Um, a, a word. In fact, it was it was interesting. This word came up because um, we're going through the book of Colossians that I'm teaching m- our young adults with, mm-hmm. and on Monday nights. And so we're going. Actually, I am I am teaching them how to go through almost word by word, and cool. Like I give them a a, a, a text, and and the questions, very good hermeneutical questions they need to answer, and then we come together. And man, they we like we. It just flows sure. um, out because they've, they've done their homework. But, and I said, okay, because book of Colossians, and I said every time the word grace pops up, I want you to stop what you're doing. Drop. No. And just. Roll it. And just smile and say thank you, God. Because I said that's what. Wait, is that literally what you made them do? I did. Huh. I said I okay. want you to stop and smile and say thank you, God. Huh. Because I think that's what we ought to do as people yeah. who have been You're not wrong. saved by grace for by grace. Do you think they actually saved? did that? So I asked last week, how many of you did that at least once? And I got almost a hundred percent. And then they were like, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> no, it's not weird. It's not weird. I, if nothing else, I want them to think, yeah, yeah. I, I, I need to do that because that's true. Yeah. And this is where I, I just think that we, we we take that so much. We take grace, God's grace, for granted so much that we actually can get very cold and indifferent yeah. um, against grace. And so, I always think of this when I'm watching TV or something like that, and some movie star or some pop singer starts singing "Amazing Grace," and they say this, uh, you know, it saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, or I once was blind. I was lost, but now was found but blind but now i see and they act like they're singing you know some love song or t- talking about some um person in their in their life who just was kind to them and i'm going like no dude you know what it means to be lost first of all and you know what it means to be blind and now that you see yeah. and and actually do you see um it was one of the one of the illustrations that flowed out of our Colossians was the fact that it was the Sadducees and Pharisees that looked like that. So, are you? Do you think we're blind? And and Jesus said to them, "Well, the very fact that you think you see tells me you're blind." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so just just the the avenue of grace, and um, I I just think it would be fun to spend some time on the the layers of grace and how that impacts our lives obviously it's 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 true at salvation but it's also true of sanctification it's true of how we look and just exactly what is grace and how does that play out and how we then love other people who maybe are struggling um in in life and then how do we learn to love people who who just don't understand grace yeah, sheesh. That's a that's a very big. We won't get to very all of that. Topic, probably very big umbrella. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, maybe we should start with just like a very basic definition of grace. Um, you know, I, there's always the, the acronym grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. Um, and certainly that, that would be sufficient. That's a good, good little definition. Um, I've heard it explained. One of my favorite authors, Paul Zoll, um, has clarified grace as being, uh, a simple, just one way love just God's one directional love. So we normally think of um, love and of course love kind of focusing on a relationship, love being in the form of a promise. We normally think of, you know, love being two ways, two directionals. Like you have two people falling in love together. You know, one person loves another person and the other person loves that person back. Um, And then of course in, in human relationships, we know that that two way love has priority, right? There's a there's a priority in that love. So there's, you know, the husband and the wife, and the husband is to lead his wife in love. Husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church and yep. gave himself. And so yep. there's a priority of the husband is actually to love first, and that love actually cr- is supposed to and intended to create love in the life of the heart, in, in the heart of the wife. Right. Um, and so that's how that works. But in our relationship with God, that's actually not how it works. We don't have a two-way directional love. That's right. not the that's not the flow of understanding of our relationship. In other words, with the husband or wife, the relationship will break down if one person decides not to hold up their side of the bargain. Right. right? If the husband decides to not love, then there will be no love. And then if the wife decides to not respond to his love in love, then, of course, as eventually the husband's going to burn out. In our relationship with God, we work under the conditions of grace. In other words, God's love works one way. Yep. And it does the work. It does the transformation. Uh, it creates in our hearts what is God non-existent. Right, right. Um, and it sustains. It carries out. It endures. It causes it to endure. And eventually it will it will be ratified at the end. Yeah. Have you ever you ever heard that song, Nature Boy? I have not. Yes, you have. I've heard of Fall Out Boy. <laughs> no, this is Nature Boy. It was, I've heard of it Soldier was, Boy. It was... <laughs> Well, people who listen, yeah, they're not going to know either. So 1948, Nat King Cole okay. sings and makes very popular for eight weeks straight. This was number one on the charts in 1948. It's called Nature Boy. And it's about this little boy who goes around. And they, he, they tout him as being very wise and profound. And he says at the very end that the greatest thing you'll ever learn is to be loved and to love in return. Sure. Yeah. No, excuse me, is to love and be loved in return. I'm sorry. The greatest thing is you you love, and then you get love in return. That's that two way love. Yeah. And I every time I hear that, um, because I I listen to oldies like that. But every time I hear that, I stop and go. I argue with that song. I'm yeah. like, no, that you is should. not the greatest thing. That's right. The greatest thing is to know that you are loved, to whether loved. you whether you love in return or not. That's right. Because in actuality, we can't love. Right in return as it should be right in a um, way that's reflective in a way that like so i mean it's you know it's but that's what highlights grace that's and that's the whole point that is yeah, the whole point that's the whole point and that's what i thought it'd be great to to just talk about because it it not only permeates us in the way in which we're saved we're saved by grace through faith alone um but that it is that it is god's un unmerited favor towards us that he provides us with faith that he demonstrates his love towards us in that while we are yet sinners, 
Christ Christ dies for us. Yeah, and I think it should be should be clear. A lot of times, um, and I, this was actually big in Reformational thought. A lot of times we merely think about grace or talk about grace in a way that just demonstrates like a a kind of mystical force or a mystical power. Mm -hmm. uh, we would even say like in some ways that you know grace is divine enablement. Yep. And certainly scripture does talk in that way to some degree, but scripture doesn't like ultimately define grace in that way. We could say that that's kind of a, a fruit of grace or a result of God's grace um, or grace being lived out or played out on the functional level of the Christian experience. But ultimately scripture is extremely clear as to exactly what grace is. Yeah. Or I should say even more specifically who grace is. Yeah. And it's I, very important for us to really attach our understanding of grace um, to a person primarily to Jesus. Uh, this would come from John, right? Um, John clarifies that Jesus is full of grace and truth. And yeah. truth right, right? right. He's the epitome of what it means that God delivers or gives his grace and truth. Um, but we also have Titus 2, um, for the grace of God has appeared. Like he has, he has real blood and we can see him, we can touch him bringing salvation for all people. And we'll talk about this in a little bit because, again, grace does does have a force, a power to it, an oomph to it on the ground of the Christian life. But ultimately, grace is demonstrated, depicted, handed over in the form of Jesus. Um, and then most specifically in terms of his dying and rising. Right. That is, ac is actually the, the gift being given to us. Right. Yeah. So I think that's important for us to realize, first and foremost, grace, grace is actually a posture towards God himself. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's a receiving of God's gift in Jesus, in his dying and in his rising very specifically. Yeah. And I would, I would want us to understand too, that, that there is this misconception out there. I know uh, there was a time um, when we were, uh, when I pastored grace Bible church in Spartanburg, that there was a dear friend of mine who just pulled me aside and said, you know, I, I feel like you use grace too much. Yeah. You use the word grace too much. Yeah. And I remember at that time going, I, I don't know how that's even possible. I, I just don't even know how that's even possible because I think sometimes we interpret grace meaning um, that we're 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 not as serious about sin. We we want to lighten up on people. We we want to give them space to be wrong and this kind of stuff. And I'm going like, then you don't understand. You've missed it. You've missed it. Yeah. Um, because because grace has to realize that anything I get from God, any good thing, anything period that I get from God is purely I don't deserve it. Yeah, that's right. So I come from a very undeserving foundation. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I say this to our people a lot. Just when you wake up in the morning, check yourself, breathe. Are you, are you breathing? That's grace. That's so God's God's yeah. kindness towards you when you don't deserve it. That's right. So two things that are really helpful. Grace is unmerited. Yeah. In the sense of like you cannot positively earn it. You can't go out and get it. Yeah. Uh, it's something that is given for free. It's on that basis. But also, and in maybe even in particular for our understanding of our sin nature, grace is demerited. Grace is demerited. In other words, not only can we not earn it, we strictly don't deserve it. Right. Like we we have done the opposite of what it means to. We have demerited 
that we yeah. we are in the negative and that's the condition yeah, so we don't even come in positive we don't come in just at level no and that's and that's the only <laughs> condition for grace to exist to be received so in yes. other words, some people some people look at me and and i've heard this of like you're you're telling people to abuse grace and i'm like what other posture is there right you think about that you Gr- got to think about that grace though. is is there for you to abuse it now you might be hearing me like me encouraging you to go abuse it. And I'm saying, no, I'm not encouraging you to go do it. I'm saying you're doing that already. And that's why it's there. In other words, you have already demerited grace. You, you have worked in a way that is opposite of getting it. Yeah. So, so you are, you are banking on God's free kindness and favor every day. You are abusing it. Every day, and you know what? The point of grace is that it's still there. Right. It still exists for you. Now, I would say this too, um, because this kind of goes back to your idea of like, um, you know, people say you can say grace too much or or live in grace too much, and and be like you're lenient. And I would yeah. actually say no. Here and here's why. So, a lot of people, and a lot of people live this way. In fact. Um, I, I'm I'm working with some folks right now who I feel like don't have a great picture of God's grace and how they how they basically interpret it to me is that we just need to keep giving people second chances. Yeah, we just we just need to keep yeah, giving we need people to talk second about chances. This, that's for sure, right? And right. I I I it's that no, I'm just going to say no, and and here's why. God's grace to you is not based on the idea of a second chance. And this actually, this, this is part of the reformational thought. This is why it's so important that grace is tied to a person and a real cross and blood and a real satisfaction of God's judgment, um, a real sufficient sacrifice. Right. Here's why. Because there, in God's economy, there is no such thing as a second chance. In other words, God's grace to us is not a host of second chances. And a lot of people talk about grace in a way that reflects this kind of idea or this kind of theology. In other words, they'll say grace is God's power given to you whereby you can go do the right thing. And that was a a huge benchmark to the reformers because that was Catholic theology. Catholic theology said God's grace has been given to you in the sacraments or in prayer Mm -hmm. or in a bunch of different ways so that you can do the thing that you ought to be doing for God. And the reformers were like, no, 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 even, even the things that we do, those things are demeriting God's grace towards us. Like those are things that stand against us and accuse us. The good things that we bring to the table, they aren't getting us further along. They're likely to be deadly sins, as Luther said. Yeah. So, so that idea of a second chance and then God's grace being given to you to go about your second chance in a better way is damnable theology in the sense of actually like it's putting it's it's giving you no hope it's giving you no hope so you say like well then what hope is there if there are no second chances right adam didn't get a second chance no there and that's the thing in adam theology read no your bible chance. read your bible right. there is no such thing as a second chance yeah god gives you one chance one shot and then he provides grace and you're like what is that it's called a substitute a substitute yeah it's it's he gives you one shot one chance and then he provides a substitute and that is god's grace that is and so the grace of god has appeared he has appeared he is full of grace and truth he is god's final shot 
final word yep. to to be able to do what the law demanded of us. And if you look at Jesus and his ministry, his life, his theology, his teaching, of course, the whole Bible, you realize that just as important as a big theology of grace is a very big, important, uh, big theology of God's law. Yeah. In other words, you cannot understand God's grace if you don't understand the realities of God's law, that it is it is comprehensive. Yep. You cannot outskirt it. You can't get away from it. It is comprehensively damning in every way. So you can't wiggle out of it. And you see the cross, and you see Jesus' whole teaching, his whole theology, and you see both of those things. So, again, you want to talk about, like, giving people second chances. Jesus gave people hardly any chances, especially the religious. Right. There were no chances. He didn't mess around. He said, you're dogs. He said, you don't get it. He said, get behind me, Satan. Yeah. He's calling people in, in regards to the law. And you say, that's harsh. I say, no, because then you look at Jesus and who he is. He is the substitute. He's actually, I mean, that, going back to the amazing grace, Twas grace that taught my heart to fear. Yeah. Hmm. And grace, Jesus, Jesus taught my heart to fear. He mm-hmm. taught me the law. Yeah. But then it was grace, those fears released. Yeah. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. So so there's a grace in understanding the depths of your your position apart from grace. In other words, there's there's a depth to the law that we need to grapple with. And and this is where, you know, when when you're working with your kids or when you're working with students or when you're working with your own heart, I wanna I wanna encourage us all. Grace is not leniency. Again, grace is not second chances. Um, we we must confront people with the comprehensive, overwhelming realities of God's demands upon our life yeah. so that we can live in a posture of dependency on God's grace. In other words, if, if you don't understand that God's office of grace is at the end of your rope, you will never get to grace. Yeah. You will get to something else other than Jesus' sufficient final sacrifice yeah. his actual grace so i would actually argue those who are are saying that you rely on grace too much you're too lenient actually are 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 errantly legalistic you're you're eventually going to be looking for the law to save you and justify you in some way in some fashion that you're another. saying grace cannot yep. And the only way you can finally get to the big picture of God's grace, in other words, the only way you can sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound, is if you've been flattened by the law. Yeah. So I would actually argue those who speak of grace too much are those who have a comprehensive reality of the law. Yeah, it's, it's, um, there's a, there's a, I, in my studies, I, I've, realized i've con- continued to realize actually that there's this two two part to to this that um there's um what's called the oracle of wheel i don't know if you've heard heard of this this is the oracle of blessing that god says and this starts clear back in genesis you have this entire garden it's all yours hmm. enjoy that's his blessing and you do it you do it you enjoy the very blessing of god himself hmm. and then there's the oracle of woe but that one tree, no. The day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Hmm. And that's that's the that's the reality of the law. Yeah. This is this is the reality of who God is. It's His character that God is fully love 
and he's fully just yeah. hitting you square in the face right from the get-go. And of course, Adam and Eve, on our behalf, partook of the sin, and we, from then on, needed the Redeemer. That's right. We needed Jesus, and that's where Genesis 3.15 becomes a very, very precious, and he gives hope. But the, what the cool thing is, is if you know this, literally woven in the fabric of each book, I would say each chapter, is there's little postures of God's grace and kindness revealed. Yep. And he says... Pointing oh, to the need. Pointing, pointing to the need, but also pointing to the rescue. That's right. And it's very sly sometimes. It's kind of silhouetted. It's in the background sometimes. Yep. But if you know it's there, it slaps you in the face because every time... You don't deserve that. And the reason God is saying this is because you failed. That's right. And it, and it's and Israel failed over and over and over. And Israel is us. That's right. I mean, that's us. We fail over and over. And yet God allows us to wake up in the morning. Yep. And we take a breath. And I, I just it's I just his, feel his like one way love. And, and, and this kind of one way love is is how we should treat each other as well. Yeah. Yeah. That that we sometimes treat other people based on how they react to us or they act towards us. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Can I give you an example yeah. of how grace actually can liberate you? Um, grace, so going back to the grace as divine enablement as opposed to an actual substitute. If you believe that grace is just God's gift to you to be able to do what you need to do, Let's say you get in a conflict with somebody, okay? Let's say you're at work and somebody just ticks you off, right? Um, or you're in a marriage relationship, the spouse makes you mad, okay? If grace is just merely divine enablement, then, of course, you process, okay? God was kind to me. I need to be kind to them, blah, blah, blah. And you go and you give them a second chance. What you actually do is you don't actually deal with any issue you don't deal with the realities of sin you don't deal with their heart you don't deal with your heart you just simply offer them one more shot to get it right and if you're a betting person which i hope you're not but if you're a betting person you have to know and think the odds are not in your favor right <laughs> just knowing human history well, just, right? just reading the bible and so what you're doing <laughs> is you're setting yourself up for hopelessness because that person's not able to fix themselves. You're not able to fix that person. And now, because God's grace is just merely God giving you the power, putting the power into your hands to do things, now you're thinking God is insufficient to handle your problems. Yeah. And so grace doesn't work. Grace is frustrating. Grace builds or That kind of grace builds resentment. Yep. That grace doesn't actually do anything. It hides. It yeah. clouds. And it makes you believe wrong things about your neighbor causes you to be very assumptive, causes you to not deal with issues, but then it also causes you to despair, yep. really. But if grace is a substitute, then no longer are you giving that person a second chance. You're eating their debt. You see, th there's a difference. You're actually forgiving them. Yep. You're actually doing what Jesus did for you. You yourself are becoming the sacrifice. And you're actually dealing with the real issue. You're actually calling their sin a sin. You're embracing that. 
you're eating that yourself and say, I will take that relational debt. I will eat it myself. And for that pain that I can't bear, I'm going to run to Jesus and I'm going to trust him to forgive it. Yeah. And you're working through your own heart. You're working through your own need for God's true grace, your substitute for you because you can't be your own savior. And you're allowing actual Christ honoring forgiveness to take place. But that yeah. can't happen if grace isn't operative. If grace isn't a substitute for you, as opposed to like enablement through you, then it's just gonna it's just gonna put all yeah, the sorts so of. So I do pressure. think I do think we need to probably clarify that grace is a divine enablement. So in this case, I just ex- I just explained how it enables you. Right. Right. It enable it, it enables it ignites you. the reality of Jesus and his and the cross. That's right. It, en- it enables what the Spirit actually intends for you to experience. Right. Forgiveness, not just a covering or not just a hiding or not just, yeah. a, again, giving that person a second chance and, and taking one for the team. It's actually you're working through the process of true grace, and that's actually breathing life, freedom, and liberation into your relationship. Yeah, and it causes you actually to deal with the sin, not only in your heart, but in their hearts that's as right. well. That's right. So it's not dismissing it. Jesus never dismissed it. I mean, he didn't never right. dismissed not it. Not one he sin is going to be left unjudged. It. He fulfilled it perfectly. That's right. And I think we need to do we need to do a lot of thought in relation to our own understanding of grace. That still sin never goes unjudged. Right. Never. There's not one sin in this entire universe that's ever been committed that will go unjudged. Yeah, and this is the problem that Israel had. They they just could not believe that. And in all reality, they saw it every week or every festival and every sacrifice that, okay, I'm going to offer this sacrifice, but it's not going to suffice. Sure. So it became, it, it, that's how it became so monotonous yeah. to them. They just went through the, 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 motions. the motions of it rather than realizing, no, this is, an, one coming. this is an act of grace yeah. and I need to sit on this. Yep. I need to believe it. Yeah. Um, and so when Jesus came into his own, they didn't get it. They yep. didn't understand it was Jesus. Yep. So, but I, I just think we can probably need to talk about this more because I think it plagues our lives all over the place. Yep. Our, yep. our lack of grace, our lack of understanding of grace. Yeah, maybe next week we can talk about um, a, a helpful distinction on law gospel realities when interacting with one another. Because, um, you know, again, how, how do we keep people accountable? Are we allowed to keep people accountable right. in, in a context of grace? Um, how do we practice forgiveness? Uh, I think those things are, are very helpful. What do, you, to what do you do with someone who doesn't ask forgiveness? That, like that's for right. Instance. I think there's a, the posture of grace actually means something for how we live life. Right. Uh, I think that maybe we can talk about that next week. Good. Let's right. take a break. Let's do it. Break. Break. From the break, welcome back, welcome back. Did, did you Here. get a break? That's the only question. Like, like, do people actually take a break? Do they stop it and go potty? Or something yeah, like and that? if they're driving, they pull over. They, they pull get over. A good stretch. They go get a coke or or a. a I did a Chick Fil A shake or something like that. Um, by the way, uh, there is rumor that Chick Fil A is testing out chicken wings. I heard that. 
And <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I sent you yeah. a TikTok about it yesterday. No. Yep. But listen, J- li- this is this is my plug. If you own a business, hey, it is part of their business because it is chickens. Do one thing. If I can get some good chicken wings from Chick Fil A, I would not. Be I would. Yeah, if they're good. So like, they have to be keeping them. Like, like wild wings, chicken wings. Yeah, I don't know that. I think they're gonna be not those. They're, no, they're gonna be like fried. They're I probably gonna, gonna be like fried, fried chicken wings. wings. Yeah. Let's see. Like, I don't think that, they're gonna those be. wild wing ones are the best. Me. They are. Have you had mine? No. Yes, we have. Because you got exposed. <laughs> no, <laughs> I haven't. Quentin, how are my wings? They're very delicious. Are they like? Are they like the wild good. wing ones? Um, the wild wing ones. They're those are those are real wings. Yeah, the ones good. with all the batter and stuff like that. No, no, I'm they just don't like have, no they're not fried. They're not fried wings. Well, like roosters. Mom likes to go get roosters, and I I'm lo- like, I oh. freaking love roosters, dude. Roosters is good though. Well, roosters is fine. I don't like it's, the wings at roosters. It's fine. Roosters yeah, I don't good. care for the wings. I haven't been to roosters. In I will time. eat anything at roosters. That's true though. I'll I will eat the I, wings. I will. I will eat anything. But they're not like. I don't go to roosters. Mostly for dumpster the wings. fries. Oh. But I you know they're actually anything. their pizza and their burgers are all really good too. I haven't, I haven't had, their, had pizza. their pizza. I haven't been brave enough to have their pizza. Yeah, so I'm I haven't either. I'll so tell you, dude. You're like, it's you good. don't. It's you don't usually get pizza at a burger place. At a wing. At a, at wing, a wing place. place. Nope. But you do at Roosters. Oh, okay. I think you, Roosters is one of those places where it's like, if it's on the menu, it's good. Well, that's true. I did. I had a burger there once. Burger was good too. Was it? Yeah. I don't know. I'll take your word. That's for why I said it. I was like, I've never but had see, a burger. But at see, a like there, spot. there's so many really good burger places to go to that you just get it. I don't think their burger was that expensive either, if okay. I remember correctly. It's interesting. Yeah, I usually get the wing. The the um, roosters had a. I don't. I don't know if it's still there. The wing. The really chicken good. salad with with um, medium sauce. Oh, they had a Nashville. Hot dry rub. They do still have that. Oh, they do they really? Oh, oh my word, goodness. That is so good. Um, that's not the what for, but oh. that isn't the what for. Roosters is paying for us. You should go to Roosters here locally in Columbus. Right. It's By a fun way, casual joint. Beautiful day in the capital city today. Beautiful day. Like I listen, said, I, listen, San Diego don't, of the don't Midwest. So part of my what for is. <laughs> is did it? You know, I told that to uh, Chaz, and he, he looked at me like. He does not think that. <laughs> no, literally, I do think what? that. What? What did you say? He said that. Uh, I say it's like I'm gonna make a T-shirt. Like Columbus, Diego, the North. San Diego of the Midwest. I'm gonna make Jazz a T-shirt. Was like that is not. People good. don't believe me, <laughs> but then I'm like, you walk outside today. Well, today. And can you find a more beautiful day? No, on this can't. planet in you San can't. Diego, probably. So I w- I went for a run today, and I'm telling you, I ran like. 40 seconds better yeah, than I have all summer. Yeah, because it's beautiful weather. Like, I was running, passing people left and right and not stopping. And I'm like... So steroids I'm are like, taking. Wait, so sometimes you pass people and then you stop? Yes, because like... I've, That's weird. No, it's not weird. When you're an old man like me, I'm like... I, c- I can barely eke out 11-minute miles. Oh, dude, you slipped. I haven't it's hot. A, I haven't run I'm a mile sure. in a long time. And, so I don't and know how we're long, not. So, how quickly I can so mom said to me the other night, we were taking 30 the, the other day. We were taking the dogs for the walk and like, and she goes like, it's just so humid here. It's it been was humid, humid the last couple of days. And I said, okay, that's true. But I said, it also is true. We're just not used to it anymore. Okay. So um, I had a family member that won't, that won't be named who said Columbus is more humid than Atlanta. No. And I about like no, I didn't say anything. I just didn't say anything. No, I, just, I was just like, I'm just like, no. Okay, so like, in a whatever. few weeks we're going to fired, fired. We're, we're going to Florida, 
And I told mom, I said, let's just compare. It's going to be awful. It's going to be awful. Because I said, that's when we're going to get the real thing. But you know, I don't, I don't really I care. Did, yeah, but no, well, one, like, Florida, no one cares. I'm if going to Florida. Florida I'm going to Florida. Indeed. Going to the beach. Yeah. And I don't care if I get sweaty wet. I'm just yeah, going to. Florida. Right. You're supposed to do that in Florida. Are you going to the grandfather beach? The what? The grandfather beach. Or the father beach? Or the son of the beach? Son of the beach. Stop it! <laughs> no, we're uh, yeah. So we're going. Did to, we lose our clean rating on that? No, we did okay. not. Okay, we're going to Panama City Beach. Good beautiful, beautiful, white, 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 and we're staying really sandy beach. Right white, sandy beach. Also, white, sandy beaches. Yeah, white, sandy beaches. Not the dark, dark. What's dark. your what for? So my what for is actually a book on evangelism. <laughs> Yay, there that's a go. good one. Yes, that's and one. it's called Evangelism as Exiles. So this guy is writing um, because he has spent many of his years, most of his years in ministry. He's, he's an older gentleman now, but um, on in Muslim countries, like you, countries that you can't get in, um, and um, he he and he's written as an exile. And he says, like, so most most people in America don't don't realize the i the the way it is that god's word talks about christians as being exiles but most of scripture reflects christianity as people who are exiled they're not where they should be yeah and he grew up and he wasn't where he should be and he's he's the the book is entirely based in first peter and it really has given me um the focus i i may my next new testament book may be first peter Mm. because like i just fell in love i fell in love with this this whole concept of we're outsiders. Yeah. This is, this is the way it should be. It should feel, it should be that we're not feeling yeah. at home, but what grabbed a hold of me just this week is in the last, very, very last chapter where he talks about the, the gospel and how Jesus himself lived as an exile. And I wanted to read this one, one, go for um, it. Yeah. Do it. Little paragraph here. Um, he talks about the reality that everyone turned against Jesus. Yeah. He says, as a result, Jesus faced exile on almost every level, both emotional and also physical. He was completely rejected and ostracized, but in the middle of such social exclusion, Jesus found his belonging in a family greater than his blood relatives. Because as Jesus said in Mark three thirty-five, whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. So he goes on to say that Jesus' true clan was the larger gathering, the great host of heaven, all who belong to the Father, and so it is for us as his followers. And I just thought, I thought, man, that it, it, it was so good for me to imbibe on this idea that this kind of rejection and this kind of ostracism that takes place as children of God is only going to be ramped up in the next several years. Yep. And I think we need to... to imbibe and drink in this idea that we are not home yeah this isn't our final world um we have a um we have a uncle your great uncle who is mm, probably close to near death but i was talking to my mother-in-law and i just basically she was she was mourning the fact that this this could be the end of maybe not maybe maybe god will heal him but um and i just said like Okay, I, I, I think I understand that, but as I grow older, I am longing to go to heaven. Yeah. Don't this is this is not home. This this is not the this is not the environment that we were actually created for. 
Yeah. We were created for God and his glory. And I just want to go there yeah. and I want to be with him. Yeah. And one of the things that I will see is that's the, the Mount Everest of the, of the Oracle of wheel <laughs> of the Oracle of blessing is the fact that John says we will be with him and we will see him and we will be like him for we'll see him as he is. Yeah. That is the Mount Everest. That is the part that I just want to, I want to go. I want to be there. Now, I'm not, I'm not in the idea that I'm just, you know, I'm going to go as quick as I can. You know, I'm going to try to push it along. No, I think, because we have work to do. Yep. But we live with the other family in mind. Yeah. As sure. great as I love our family, we still live with the other family in mind. And that's where we will be like him. Because we'll see him just as he is. That's right. So. I think imbibe. that could also probably be our devotional. That's really good. Um, imbibe as an exile. No, that's really good. I was that book has been encouraging. I one of the one of the things that I appreciate is a is a slight constant drip um, of perspective in for for me um, and I think for all of us probably the majority of those listening on the podcast um, in that book is he gives he gives us a lot of wisdom when he says things like oh and there are people. There are groups of people in our country who are already so used to this. And he's often talking about the black community around us mm-hmm. of Christians who have lived in our country for years yep. and know what it means to live as exiles. They've already processed this. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, there's a real sense to which like we as the white evangelical Christian community, you know, this is new and it's going to continue being new for us. Um, but just to be encouraged, not only with those who are in our country who have already faced a lot of this reality, um, but a lot of those who across the world and across Christian yeah. history, yeah. you know, we, we join the rest of the saints yeah, the in the getting comfortable. Chinese in, folk. In, yeah. In, in, in uncomfortable comfortability. Yeah. Um, and that's, and don't be surprised too, when God blesses our evangelism in these ways, we know that, you know, the, even the, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Yep. So even in these, these times, we should expect God to move in mysterious ways through them. So no, I'm looking um, forward to seeing it. Honestly, yeah. I really am looking forward to seeing Me it. Me too. I let, let it all go to pot. If, if the, if well, the kingdom of can Christ I just, goes, let me just gets clear for us. Let me just say this though. It may rest on your guys' shoulders or your kids even more so than Finn's got it. Me. Augie's got it. We're in trouble. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's it's not too far in the future, but I'm, you know, I'm in the fall of my life. I'm not. I'm not in the early winter yet of my life. I don't feel like. But who knows? I mean, God can take us at any time. But all I'm saying is, I don't know that it's going to happen as fast as in my lifetime. But hey, I I just I'm living in the. It could happen today. Yeah. No, it could. Yeah. And I, I am. I mean, that's is why this has brought me such great rejoicing because I'm like, Jesus, no one had it worse There's than him. So. Great oh, that's a good song. I like that song. song. Also. Coming again. <laughs> it's an all skate, everyone. Again. Everyone skate. Maybe morning, maybe noon, maybe evening, and maybe soon. 
Yeah, there you go. Okay, well, <laughs> let, that actually is going to be a devotional. If you haven't picked up that book, I, I strongly recommend it to you. It's yeah, really it's Evangelism good. as Exile. I can't believe we were singing that. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, and and it's, it's, a, it's a heartwarmer. It's a very devotional read. But it's yeah. also, it, it's going to challenge you in ways, um, and you may actually be blessed for it. Um, so I can't believe we would sing that song, like two verses of that song, like randomly, like at a chapel session. No, listen. It would, like, it that's would, how kid, we listen. I grew up singing it on singing that song, singing on Sunday nights, like three thousand okay, people. Makes the kids these days don't sense. even know. Right. That makes a know. little bit more sense. But Shame on them. They need to know they these need songs. To know these I had songs. a thirty-minute chapel, and we were like, "Oh, we have to do some music." And so the guy goes, "We'll sing two verses of coming again." And we'll sing I together. Uh, Unbelievable. Uh, we uh, used to do that. <laughs> uh, We're all idiots. Sing a song. Oh, my goodness. Uh, dingus. Hey. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> nice try. All right, okay. guys. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye.